Boo, y'all. This is Sarah, a.k.a. Wednesday. <laughs> this is me, Lucy. And we are here to introduce the beautiful and talented Donna and Carrie while they thrill us and chill us with the newest episode of Sinister Sightings. So creep it real. And don't get scared. <laughs> I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Settings 149. And you just heard the lovely Sarah and Lucy. Lucy's laugh at the end, chef's kiss. Don't be so in my sayings. I know, right? They did such an amazing job. And if you want to do an amazing job just like they did, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. All right, jumping right on in. This one is titled, My First Time Writing Into a Podcast. Well, I, I went down, but they had exclamation points. So, <laughs> yay! <laughs> okay, so this is my first time writing into a podcast, and I am glad it's you two popping that cherry. Oh, me too. Well, Donna would have said cheery because she says cherry you know weird. What? I do. I have so many stories, a lot of paranormal and some true crime. I seem to be one of those people who just tends to experience more paranormal things than the average person. I'm thinking of sending some each week if you think you would be interested. I lived in a haunted house growing up and had plenty of experiences in that house alone. Let me know. Right. The first story I will share happened to me when I was about 16 or 17. A little bit about me as a person. I'm not one to shy away from a confrontational situation and tend to be able to keep my cool. So I'm walking my German Shepherd along this path, which had trees along each side, and I'm on my phone with my mom at the same time. The dog had been acting normal, just walking along, sniffing, but at this point, she started to act strange. She isn't the most dog-friendly, so I was thinking there could be a dog coming up round the bend. So her mom said, call her over and put her on the lead. So I did. I told my mom I was going to go, so if there was a dog, I would be more in control. At this point on the path, the tree stopped and opened up into a field, which the path cut across back into a wooded area, but I couldn't see around the bend onto this field yet. She wouldn't calm down and had all her hackles up and was almost stalking. You know when a dog is walking slow with their head a little bit down and they look aggressive? This is what she was doing, which was unusual for her. Even when she sees another dog, she doesn't act like that, so I was a little on edge. I turned the corner into the open part. And there's a woman stood with her dog and looks so happy to see me and says to me, there's a man following her and she doesn't know where he has gone and asked if I would wait with her until her boyfriend got there as she was scared. So she had called him to come meet her. I didn't totally trust her as you hear these stories of women accomplices pretending to need help, but I waited with her nonetheless. A moment later, she says, that's the man there. I look up and see this middle-aged man walking towards us. Now, I'm looking at him, and he was an extra small pizza, and at the time, I was in training a lot, so I knew I could take him, but he had a huge dog. I love pit bulls, and they have a bad rep, but it's all about how they're raised, I believe, and if this dog wasn't friendly, I just knew my dog wouldn't stand a chance, so I was worried. He was walking towards us, and all the while, not breaking eye contact. My mama didn't raise no shit house, so I'm staring right back. I'm not exaggerating when I say he did not stop walking right at us, in particular me. He honestly got a couple of inches away from my face, and I hear my dog growling and snarling, but his dog wasn't on a lead, so I was silently begging her to shut up. Right then, I hear a male voice from down the path scream at him, and the girl next to me says, this is my boyfriend. When the man sees another man running towards us, he took off running. I mean, like track star sprinting away from us. He could have just been an odd man, but what man with good intentions would act like that and then run away when another man gets there? I didn't walk that way when I was walking the dog alone after that. Thankfully, both me and my incredible dog and the other woman were able to go home untouched that day. Thankful to her boyfriend for getting there right on time. I'll do a short paranormal story too before I end my stories for today. My dad was a security guard at this huge old rundown building in our 
our city. I mean, huge. I can't remember how many floors, but there were weird basements, multiple building and corridors that went on forever. It was like a warehouse of sorts back in the day when it was functioning, but it was right by a dock. Story goes that when ships would come in with slaves on them who were sick or had died on the journey, got tossed into this bit of water that was next to the warehouse. Awful. There was also a lot of sex workers around that area as they could, of course, get business done from men coming off the boats. There's a story of one of these women who had a small boy and needed to do sex work to provide. The boy would go and hide and wait by the warehouse until it was time to leave for the night. This one night, a man she was doing business with, don't know how else to word it, for one reason or another, beat her up and she had died. Now, this was years ago, and I've not been able to find out if the story was true or not, but I imagine if it is, the police wouldn't have cared for a sex worker, even if they had been made aware of it. Well, the boy waited and waited for his mom to come and collect him, and he supposedly died as there was no one else who came looking for him. Now, back when my dad was working there, they would open a part of the building for markets on Sundays and would have security there every night. Some of these security guards said sometimes they would hear a small child crying out, looking for his mom, and they would hear the voice moving along the long corridors when they were doing their nightly walks and checks of the property. I have more paranormal stories from this warehouse that myself and my dad experienced, my childhood home, and some in general, as well as some more true crime. I hope you've enjoyed these stories today, and thank you both for this podcast. You're both so funny and wonderful people, and hearing you both laugh always gets me laughing too. Lots of love, Lauren. Well, Lauren, your story might be Carrie's favorite one ever. I got to say, mum and round the bend. (laughs) But seriously, when you said that this lady was looking at you and she seemed happy and stuff, it's like part of me wants to be that person and be like, yeah, 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 I'm going to stay. But then, yeah, what if she was like keeping you there till whoever was coming and he was a bad person? Yeah. Why does she look happy? I don't understand that part. Well, she looked happy, but like relieved. Oh, okay. To see. Okay. Okay. See. Yeah. Sometimes you have to explain basic (laughs) things to me. (laughs) So like, it's just that like torn emotion. Yes. Because you want to be there for other women and everything. Because like you hear people who like, come up and like, hey, just act like I've known you for, you know, blah, 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 someone's following me. But that seems safer than stay with me in this wooded area because someone's following me. Like, I don't know. But I'm really glad that you followed your gut and it was all true. And oh, gosh, I don't know. And I'm glad your dogs were okay. I know. Also, do y'all not have a leash law or a lead law? (laughs) (laughs) But like, for real, like, because here, a lot of cities have Like, you have to have them on a leash. Yeah. I feel like most cities. I used to take Marley to the dog park a lot, and that was my biggest fear, is that, like, she would get in a fight or something with a dog, because what do you do? I don't know. Like, ugh. Next story. Sinister Stories Meredith Edition. Hey, gals. First, I love you two. Thank you for making me laugh literally all the time. I make custom sugar cookies, and it made my life to hear that you guys support our craft. Know that it's your voices that I'm playing when I'm fulfilling a cookie order. Thank you for being so genuine and real. Oh, my God. Give me all the sugar cookies. (laughs) The decorated sugar cookies. I, oh, my God. That is my ASMR. I can spend hours watching cookie decorating videos. Like, hours. Yes. They make it look so easy. I don't understand how you have this the, the sauce. I almost said the sauce. Oh my gosh. The icing like thin enough that it's just like. Yeah. Well, I'm like, okay, okay. They draw the line at the outline and then like the thin icing kind of goes in the thing and the outline keeps it from overflowing. Sounds simple. Not at all. Yeah. We also, every time you and I have done it, have done it from like a Michael's kit. True. <laughs> But yeah, y'all are talented in a way that I am not, but I am a cookie monster, so I appreciate all the decorations and all the taste. I will spend some damn money on some sugar cookies Me too. Me too. Now for the stories. I have three. This is going to be long, so feel free to pick and choose which ones you want to tell, if you want to tell any. I'm just lazy and figured I'd send them all in one email. They're actually my mom's stories, but also kind of my stories. You'll see. Also, I write like I'm talking, so sorry in advance. One, I'm lazy too. Two, I write like I talk too. (laughs) 
So the first one. In the winter of 2010, my dad randomly decided to have a midlife crisis, quit his $80,000 a year job, and move us from Massachusetts to BFE, Colorado for a $30,000 a year job. Like we went from having a Target 20 miles away to the closest one being four hours away. Oh, God. My dad decided to start his new job, a preacher, in January, meaning that my parents had approximately two months to pack up everything and to move across the country. My mom was stressed. She's a godly woman and prayed and prayed and prayed about this trip and for it to go smoothly. It was the middle of winter and because she's a badass, she decided she was going to drive the U-Haul with the trailer pulling her car from Mass to Colorado, across the mountains and all, in the dead of winter, with my dad following behind in his car with my brother. I was in Scotland at college, so I missed all of this, thank God. So anyway, they set out from the small town in Massachusetts, stopped for gas at a local gas station, and this blonde-haired, ponytail-wearing older woman opened the door for my mom when she went in to grab a drink. My mom thanked her and didn't think much of it. So the trip goes on, and because my dad's old and a man, he has to stop like every eight seconds for the bathroom. And so they did. Every single place they stopped, my mom saw the exact same woman. My mom said the first couple of stops, she thought, oh wow, this woman must have the same travel plans as us. But then the woman showed up at the hotel that first (gasps) night And then the second night, always there to open the door or pass by my mom as she walked into the building, never speaking, just smiling. My mom said that she was overwhelmed with a calm feeling each time she saw her, and she kind of thought it was strange. She mentioned it to my dad at their second hotel stop, and my dad never saw this lady. Never. Not once. And my dad is the one into all the hokey pokey paranormal shit. By the time they reached Gunnison, Colorado, my mom was convinced that she had been sent an angel to watch over their journey. My dad still hadn't seen her. My mom says, your dad never even noticed her. My mom never saw her getting into a car, never saw her driving, never saw anyone with her. She was always wearing the same clothes with the same hairdo and the same smile. The last stop, Gunnison, about an hour from where my parents moved, my parents stopped once more for food. It was snowing really hard and my mom was very nervous. They arrived at the gas station. My mom got out. She saw the woman standing there waiting for her at the door. She smiled at my mom. My mom thanked her. I would have noped right out of there and walked into the store. And my mom never saw her again. My mom is convinced to this day they arrived safely at their new home thanks to this angel. Gives me freaking goosebumps, but at least it makes her calm. Second story. When I was a junior in high school in 2007, my granddaddy decided to take my family on an Alaskan cruise as both my brother and I were fixing to graduate high school in the next couple of years and he wanted one last hurrah as a family. The night before we were to leave, we were meeting in Vancouver. Granddaddy was flying out from his house in North Carolina and we were flying from our home in Massachusetts. He called my dad, his son, and said he really didn't think he was going to be able to make his flight or the trip. He didn't really feel well, but he told us the trip was paid for and we needed to go anyway. He would be fine. Well, he wasn't. We got to our first port of call about one and a half day-ish later, and my dad had a voicemail from the retirement home my granddaddy lived at. My granddaddy had been found on the floor of his bedroom, deceased. He had not shown up for meals the previous day, and the policy was to check on the residents in independent living after 24 hours if they do not show up. I'm sure this has changed now. Turns out he had a massive heart attack the night he called my dad and told him he didn't feel good and had laid there dead while we were gallivanting around Canada and then Alaska. What the fuck? Anyway, so we continue on this trip because, like, what else are we going to do? My granddad had told my dad to go on this trip and have fun. So we get home and shit was weird. Our entire house was weird. Feels weird. I distinctly remember more than once seeing a black shadow out of the corner of my eye. And this was a brand spanking new house at the time. I remember all of us being upstairs at night and hearing the cabinets open and close. I remember coming downstairs in the morning and all the cabinets being open. I remember running through the house because I felt someone right behind me. 
I remember telling my mom about it and she said, maybe it's just your granddad coming to say goodbye. It's nothing to be scared of. False. It was something to be scared of. This went on for about one and a half-ish weeks and then completely stopped. Fast forward to summer 2019. I'm talking with my mom about my current apartment and how creepy it can be sometimes and I casually was like, it kind of reminds me of our house in Massachusetts after granddad died. My mom goes, well, have you seen anything? And I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, well, back then I saw your granddad, so I knew who was haunting us. I was driving and I slammed on brakes and was like, excuse me, what? And she was like, I saw your grandfather one night when I was sitting in our living room working on his estate. So I died. No, LOL, JK, I didn't, but I wanted to. She goes on to tell me that my brother and I, as well as her and my dad, had been seeing all kinds of strange things mentioned above for about a week and a half-ish after we got home from the cruise. She said that she was sitting in the living room working on the paperwork for my granddad's estate while my dad was finishing up something at work. My brother and I were sleeping upstairs. Still can't believe I was literally lying directly above a full body apparition and didn't know it, but it's fine. She said she suddenly got a strong whiff of his cologne. She looked up and he was standing on the step leading into the living room, 100% solid. My mom, again, badass, did not immediately have an acute myocardial infarction, but instead, remained calmed and said, hello, Dick, my granddad's name. My mom said he kind of faded away to the point it was almost like an outline. And then she felt the cushion next to her kind of deflate, like someone just sat down. She could literally see the indent on the couch where it looked like someone was sitting. She said that she told him that she would take care of my dad and his estate and everything would be fine. My mom said that she felt his calmness at her statement and we never had anything else happen in the house again. Still a tad annoyed she kept that from me for so many years, but it goes to show how awesome my mom is because if that would have happened to me, I would have become a ghost with my granddad and the entire neighborhood would have heard my screams of fright. Third story. In October of 2014, my dad got a cut on his foot. Three days later, after experiencing flu-like symptoms, my mom came to wake him up and found him unresponsive. (gasps) He was flown to Grand Junction after a pit stop in a smaller regional hospital. He stayed there for months while the doctors worked on saving his life. Turns out that the cut had turned septic due to his uncontrolled diabetes. Oh no. His foot was becoming necrotic at an alarming rate and the doctors were not very positive about his overall health situation. He had other issues going on that I won't get into, but my mom had called to tell me to come home to say goodbye. That's how serious he was. That night, my mom was sitting at the bedside. It was late. It was just her in the room with my dad. She was kind of watching the door, said she felt like she was supposed to be expecting someone. Not me. I hadn't left my home at this point. When suddenly, my dad's parents appeared on the other side of the bed. They had both been dead for years by this point. My mom said that my dad's mom reached out and grabbed his hand, looked at my mom, and spoke. But my mom says she heard what my grandma said in her head, not out loud, if that makes sense. It was like they were speaking through their minds. Anyway, my grandma said it's not his time, and they faded away. My dad did talk a lot about his parents being at his bedside throughout his entire time at the hospital, but we kind of assumed it was a meds. Until my mom saw him too. The next morning, my dad went from a 7% of keeping his foot to a 96% chance. The doctors were literally baffled. Like they were calling other doctors to come in and see my dad because they couldn't believe the turnaround in his foot. So that's what I got for you ladies. I have some other stories because although my mom would never admit it, she is a spooky bitch. So is my grandma. Like one time she decided to make a voodoo doll of her boss who was sexually harassing her and she stuck a pin in his heart Got to work the next day to find out he had had a massive heart attack during the night. You know, casual. But I'll wait to tell them for now. God love them. Love you guys and creep it real. But not so real that you start seeing dead grandparents and keeping them from your children for years. Meredith from rural, I can't say it either, Kansas. (laughs) So I've actually gone through something kind of similar with my dad before. Um, When I was a sophomore in high school, well, my dad's an insurance adjuster. So he travels to wherever the catastrophe is. Well, he's retired now. But anyway, so when I was a sophomore in high school, he was working in Wisconsin. 
and he had gotten a staph infection in his toe and in Wisconsin they were like we're gonna have to amputate your whole foot and we were like oh my god like he can't he can't lose his foot like he's an intern like he climbs on roofs for a living like holy shit you know and then they're like, okay, I think maybe we could just do just the big toe. And we were like, holy fuck. Like, again, climbs on roofs. Like, your big toe is a serious part of your balance. And we had, like, no money at the time. So my aunt somehow, I don't even know the logistics of what happened, but they got him air ambulanced down to Mississippi back home. And they ended up, like, they just went in and, like, cleaned it out, like, scraped the bone, did all the things. And then he had to do IV antibiotics for six weeks, and he didn't lose his toe. But it was, like, so scary. It went from, like, no, he's going to lose his entire foot to he's going to lose a toe to let's actually just try antibiotics for six weeks, you know. And it worked. It was, I mean, don't get me wrong. He was sick, and he was in the hospital that whole time. And so it wasn't just, like, a bing, he's that neat, you know. But, oh, God, we went through the same thing, and it is scary. <sighs> but your mom is a spooky bitch. She is. I, like, was totally expecting that to go, like, true crime and be like, what? Who's following them? I thought her dad was going to be having an affair because he said <gasps> been like, crisis. Oh, my God. she was there. You know what I mean? And so, like, he didn't see her. Like, I don't know who you're talking about. But, no, your dad's an amazing human. <laughs> no, their life is not a lifetime Yeah. <laughs> Not everyone has the worst intentions. Turns out, angel. <laughs> Literally. Your story was, version of it was pretty good too, though, Donna. <laughs> but, oh my gosh, medical stuff is so draining. M- mainly because I don't understand a lot of it. And so it's like over my head. And so when they're like a 3% chance, so whatever, I'm like, it's gone. You're gone. Okay, what do I do? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Luckily, I have carried that. I'm like, okay, what does this mean? What is this? You know, like, huh, or Google or whatever, a combination of the two, all the things. My mom was sick or something or got sick. I can't remember. I think she was sick. It's when I lived in Texas with Carrie and she was throwing up and stuff, but it's like the bile was in her from like the day before. Like she wasn't digesting anything and all of that. So they had to do an incision and like fix her. I don't... I. I God, I don't even know, but like say gallbladder, I, I can't remember, but, um, to heal her, like it had to heal from the inside out. And one that is, I did not know that was a thing. Okay. Did not know. She didn't either, but she called it a suck pump. It was a wound back y'all. Yeah. Carrie said something about a wound back. I was like, no, my mom said it was a suck pump. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, like wound backs have that black sponge that goes in it. And she was like, my wound's black. I was like, no, it's, it's not. It's, it's a sponge. It's supposed to look like that. Let me tell you, my mama, what? she's very curious. Very mm-hmm. curious. She was like, do you want to see him change it? I was like, no, no. Like, cause when I finally came home because of my sister and stuff, she still had it. Cause it was, yeah. And, uh, she, oh, she was like, you want to see him change it? No, I don't, ma'am. I am leaving the room. She was like, it's kind of amazing. No, ma'am. I don't. I don't like that. Kara be like, look at this thing. Cause she, her Instagram and my Instagram, very different. <laughs> She's like, look, this finger, this phalange articulates, blah, 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 blah. And no, I don't want to see bare bones and all of that. No, I don't. I follow a hand doctor that shows like <laughs> surgical procedures. Yes. No, no, no. No. I have to ask, like, what is it? And I'm eating or like, I just ate. Will it make me sick? Well, Meredith, don't you love how we made your whole email about us? I mean, it's our specialty. Is it? The next one. Kids are creepy as fuck. I have been debating writing in for a while because I'm still trying to catch up on all of the episodes, but I keep hearing all these amazing stories people send in, so I just said, fuck it, I'm doing it. Also, please use my name so I can scream with nerdy excitement when I hear it. I just adore you guys and have gotten my husband to listen in when I have you guys on. He tells me you guys are a perfect fit for my personality, and it's true. You're like friends I've known forever, and you always have me laughing. Anyway, I'll move on now and stop fangirling. My story starts when I was working nights at my job as a 911 dispatcher and had just filed for divorce. My ex-husband and I have four kids together. In case you were wondering, the scientific term for that is a shit ton. It's so funny. When I read four kids, I was like, God, that's a shit ton. And then the very next sentence. We lived in a three-bedroom apartment at the time and had three girls in one room and my son in another. The girls were aged seven, five, and three, and my son was two. I know. I just popped them out like darts from a Nerf gun. 
<laughs> Look, I just watched Inventing Anna or whatever, and the journalist has a baby during the whole thing. And that birth, like, she's, like, screaming and all that. I mean, I've seen, like, births on shit before. <laughs> whatever. But I'm like, no, none of this looks appealing to me. Like, it looks really painful. Yeah. So you're saying, like, oh, yeah, I popped them out like a Nerf gun? See, that sounds like, oh, I could do that. No, 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 I couldn't. Well, some people can just do that. Like, like my dad always said, when my mom said, like, I'm about to have this baby, you better be down there with a the glove because she's about to pop it out like so some people just bloop it out you know yeah also sorry this is another sidebar but when they were holding the baby after like they had cleaned it up it wasn't just like that thing but I was like that was inside of you and now it's a life on its own like I don't know why it was all hitting me this time but I was like that's so weird like, it was inside of you. I remember in ninth grade, in biology, we had to watch, I don't know, the Circle of Life. I don't know what it was called. But it, like, showed an actual, like, vaginal shot of a childbirth. And it was, of course, the, it was, like, a coach that taught it. And he was, like, he totally called me out because I was, like, oh. Like, my face was, like, oh, my God. I had the same guy for that class, and I remember that. Too. I mean, not obviously not you in there, but yeah, I never want to see that again. It's just so painful. I, I'm one that I can watch it in real life, but sometimes watching it on video gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like, like anything medical, anything gross, anything, anything. Like, I can be the one changing a gross wound, but sometimes watching it on a film, I'm uh-huh. like, oh, like yeah. it grosses me out. But I could be the one actually doing the changings of a dressing and be fine. That's me with porn. No, I can see that. Yeah. Like all of that can happen to me, but then sometimes when, watch when I'm it, watching it, like, I'm like, Whoop. sometimes it's too much. On this particular night, I got off work early at 2 a.m. When I got home, I poured myself a glass of wine, got into my PJs, sat on the couch and put on a show to relax. My husband was in bed sleeping and I didn't particularly want to go lay down in the same bed with him. Night shift worked well for me at this point in our marriage. So I'm watching Netflix. Then I hear my son crying. But it wasn't his normal coming out of a sleep, gradually get louder type of cry. It was a zero to 60 immediate screaming kind of cry. So I hop up thinking maybe he got hurt or one of his arms or legs was stuck in the slats of the crib. I open the door and he looks fine and is still pretty much asleep. So I shush him, rub his back a little bit, and he goes right back to sleep. I thought that was weird, but it was short-lived, so maybe it was just a nightmare. I go back to the living room and glance at the clock and realize it was just a few minutes after 3 a.m., which, of course, I immediately think about the timing of it, but brush it off and go back to watching TV. About five or ten minutes after that, I hear my three-year-old daughter start to cry. Enough time had passed for me to think she wasn't woken by her brother crying, but I just chalked it up to that anyway and went and checked on her. She was pretty much asleep too, so I comforted her and she stopped and went back to sleep. While I was in there, I looked in on the other two girls to make sure they hadn't been woken up by all the crying, and they were both sound asleep. Good. So I go back to the living room and get back to my wine and TV. Another five or ten minutes go by, and sure enough, my five-year-old daughter starts to cry. Same scenario. Comfort her, she goes back to sleep, and I start to feel a little creeped out. But again, brush it off and go back out to the living room, but definitely not feeling relaxed at this point. And wouldn't you know it, another five or ten minutes go by, and I hear my oldest daughter. Only this time, I didn't hear crying. I heard fucking laughing. So I slowly walk back there, peek into her room, and see her just sitting straight up in bed with the blank, look-through-your-soul stare doing the creepiest fucking laugh I have ever heard. I wish I could say I was a good parent and went in there and tried to banish her creepy-ass demon, but I'm not. I noped the fuck out of there and went into my bedroom, crawled in bed with a man I couldn't stand, and lightly touched my foot on his leg just so I could feel some sort of sense of security and prayed to something I wasn't sure existed. Everything got left on that night, and I stayed right where I was, which kind of made me crazy leaving it all on, but I wasn't about to risk running into a demon child in the hallway. After my ex moved out, I still had some weird things happen to me in that apartment. It would be nights that I was alone, and my kids would be at their dad's house, 
It felt weird being alone and a little scary. So I had my routines before I went to bed. I made sure I had locked the doors, put the dog in the kitchen and put up the gate, turned off the lights and went to my room. On a few occasions, I heard the dog do a really weird low growl. So I would go and check on him and the kitchen lights would be on. Now remember, I'm alone and there's no way my dog could have reached the light switch. The first time that happened, I thought maybe I just forgot. But as time went on, it happened a few more times. I knew it wasn't just me being forgetful. It was always following the dog's growl. I'm not sure what was in that house, but I'm pretty sure it followed me to my new house. But I'll tell you about that another day. Creep it real, Danielle D. in Nevada. No, kids are freaky as fuck. When they're awake, when they're asleep. Also, I need to know if that laugh was scarier than Carrie's tiny laugh. I don't need Carrie to demonstrate it, though. I just need to know because that's kind of what I was picturing when that's you said what I was thinking too. oh and you know what I would have noped out and been like I had you but you got to fend for yourself I'm gonna go lay down I see nothing wrong with what you did yeah I don't know what I would have done probably nope the fuck out of there too <laughs> okay the next one sinister sightings but it says like Carrie so I was like Carrie how you say sinister sightings <laughs> and she said sinister sightings yeah that might be it so if that's what you meant There you go. I'm a FTM, female to male person. I usually have a mini panic attack when I go to the restroom because I look like a guy, but I have, quote, lady genitals. Well, on to my, and they did it in, you remember the AIM away message, like Mm -hmm. the capital, lowercase capital? Yes. They did it in that way. So I just want to be like, sinister sighting. (laughs) Like that's how it's, I'm literal today. You know what you sounded like though? What? This is going to be like such a niche uh, thing to say, but that American Idol in Hawaii. Hawaii. <laughs> oh my God. That was the best season. Do y'all remember that? Because that was like 2004. Yeah. The only thing I remember is uh, I was gone to work and <laughs> Donna and our friend would watch it in our dorm room and I would come back to, from work and have to hear them do that <laughs> all the time. And then they said, how come? How come? Oh, God. I love that girl. Isn't it funny what we remember? Like, how do we remember that shit? But then you could ask me fucking when Columbus, quote unquote, discovered America. 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Look, anything is after, like, it's like, blah, 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 two. That's what I know. Also numbers. Two and blue rhyme. That's why I know it's two. So I could have said 1942 and you'd be like, yep, that's it. Yeah, I would have had a thought about it. Been like, oh wait, that, that's too, mm-mm. But okay, on to their sinister sightings. Insert me hitting my toe on my desk table leg. The worst pain ever. They did that? Yes. Ouch. I was a young pre-idiot while still playing with that spring thing that stops doors. I was about to get into my let's set an alarm and never actually wake up bed. And I saw a suspicious water bottle rolling down my hall. I assumed my sister had been rule breaking and leaving her trash around. But I realized my sister is not home and nor are my parents. I went to investigate like the no shit Sherlock kid I am. I go to see if my parents have gotten home yet and their car was not there. I was hungry anyway, and I passed the kitchen to make some awesome ramen. I was waiting for it to cook when the TV turns on to my parents' favorite horror movie. I was freaked out, so I got my ramen and noped right out of there. I got on my computer to study, watch YouTube, and not study at all for a test. My dog runs into my room with her tail in between her legs. I looked in the hallway, and I shit you not, there was a demon in my hall. I blink, and it's not there. Hours later, I tell my parents and they say, it's just your imagination after watching those horror movies. This story, I think, explains how parents don't believe us children when they're the ones who tell us those stories about the boogeyman. I love you ladies and don't let Carrie get sick and make sure Donna doesn't give us a heart attack next time. Bye ladies, Elliot. Elliot, you know us so well. (laughs) Don't worry, Carrie luckily has not been sick right now. I've I've taken that from her. I'm sh- I've shouldered that burden, Elliot. I know Tiffany, our BFF, is like going back and listening to old episodes, and she goes, "Y'all are sick a lot." <laughs> I guess we are. I, you know. Also, you're so right that it's been the tactics to scare people into doing correct things. You know, like, hey, there's a monster that lives in that swamp over there, so kids don't go to the swamp. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know why it was a swamp, but call me Shrek. 
But well, even like Santa Claus. Yeah. Krampus. I mean, you know, Krampus yeah. is a little more extreme, but like hell, Santa Claus. Right. But it's like the boogeyman is to scare us. And then when we get scared, it's like, it's just your imagination. But like, you've told us all this stuff that makes us believe bad things like that exist. So us being scared, like console us, believe us. Okay. The next one is called the haunted sorority house. And they say the girl from Sully's. Oh shit. Cassie. Yes. Uh, We literally just ate there tonight (laughs) hey girls i've been listening to y'all's podcast for almost a month now after randomly finding it on spotify one day today lol at work i swore i could hear donna's voice however i hadn't found y'all on social media yet so i had no idea what y'all actually looked like i work at a restaurant so i asked the server if she knew the name of the voice and she said it was donna because of course Every server at this restaurant is Donna's best fucking friend. Like, everybody recognizes Donna. You can pluck me out and put... Tiffany, y'all have seen Tiffany on the lives. Bright ass red hair. Like, dyed... I mean, red. Not like... She's not a redhead. No, dyed red. And people get me and Tiffany confused, but no Donna. Well, I'm loud. It's... It's... you. Donna has always had... Like, people just fucking remember her. Well, I'm shaped like Grimace... And I'm loud. It's something about you that people just fucking... I'm shaped like Big Bird. (laughs) Well, not so much now because my legs aren't skinny anymore. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) But people just remember Donna. So, like, all the the servers, like, know Donna by name. And they're like, did you have fun last time you were here? And I was like, she was here with Tiffany. (laughs) Can't help it. I will say, though, today I went and got lunch at McDonald's and... The, one of the servers, she was like, hey, I haven't seen you in forever. And I was like, I know, I haven't seen you. And she said, my daughter was asking about you the other day. And I was like, which one is she? And she told me, and I was like, oh, my God, I love her. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, she's almost as old as another girl who works there because she told me how old, like, she's graduating this year. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, she's almost the same age as blah, blah, blah. And she was like, almost just a few years. I'm like, I know people too much. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? You know you don't cook at home when. <laughs> I mean, same. They just don't actually remember me. I immediately knew it had to be you. How ironic is it that I see you after I had randomly discovered the podcast? I'm so glad I got to meet you, and hopefully I'll get to meet Carrie too one day. Also, sorry, Donna, if I seemed rushed. We were pretty busy for lunchtime, and I had about 10 to-go boxes I had to check and pack back in the kitchen but i couldn't not stop by and say hello which i ended up meeting her later Uh uh-huh because i was with tiffany that day aka me apparently (laughs) now to one of my many paranormal stories i swear that i attract paranormal activity i'm in college and recently moved out of my sorority house I'm a sophomore, and I remember during my freshman year, my sister is talking about how our house was haunted. They even named the ghost Tippy. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's my dad's name. (laughs) Well, it's not his real name, but it's what people call him. Yes. Yeah. I remember, okay, sorry. (laughs) Why am I interrupting every story you have today? But I remember when I looked up your phone number one time, and it said T.P. Easterling. I don't know why I was going to mute your last name. (laughs) What? But uh, I was like, T.P. TP. That was tip tippy. <laughs> like but TP just fast. Yeah, but like never clicked in my head that that wasn't his name either. Like Yeah. That was his name. My mom, when she was younger, had a dog named Tippy Toes. Okay, so she said a ghost named Tippy because it would knock things over. We had to have a blessing on the house that year with a priest and everything. I didn't really think much of it and planned to move into the house during my sophomore year, this past year. After moving to the house, I didn't really notice anything strange until about a month after moving in. Before my roommate and I experienced anything, I would like to add that the girls in the room across from us would experience their sink turning on and off by itself. Little things would happen like things moving, knocks, or even footsteps outside of our door. Most of the things that were moving seemed to be my stuff rather than my roommate's. As things progressed, the experiences started to get worse and worse. The first violent thing that occurred was one night while sleeping, I was woken up by the curtain rod hitting my head. I was next to the window. However, my bed was about a foot or maybe two from the window. I tried to be as logical as possible, and there was no way that rod could have hit me on its own. 
Note, the rod was hung by command hooks and neither command hooks was down. At this point, my roommate and I both refused to sleep alone in the room. About a week or two later, the second and last violent experience occurred. My roommate was asleep, but I wasn't yet. I was sitting there trying hard to fall asleep when I heard a male voice. I couldn't make out what it said, but it was definitely a male voice. Also, note this is a sorority house and no boys are allowed inside. Five minutes later, I hear a crash. My roommate and I were so accustomed to hearing things that we tried to just ignore them. The next morning, when my roommate and I woke to our alarms, we could see what the crash was. On the floor, at the bottom of my bed, was a mirror. This particular mirror hung above my roommate's bed across the room. The mirror is shattered. Again, we try to be as logical as possible, but it is impossible for the mirror to have simply landed where it did without at least hitting my roommate first. Note, to paint a better picture of the layout, our beds were in an L shape and hers being across the room. Another strange thing about the experience was my roommate's alto, which is sort of like a jewel, which are used to smoke nicotine, was hidden underneath the pillow on our couch. My roommate is addicted to nicotine, and there's no way that it would be anywhere but beside her at all times, so it's not possible for it to have gotten underneath the pillows. We were freaking out at this point. We immediately text one of our really good friends, who's a devout Catholic, that we had been discussing our problems with ever since things started to happen. Later that day, they came to our room and blessed the room with holy water and prayers. They gave us canvases painted with prayers on them that we hung all over our room and a rosary. They gave me a picture of Mary to hang above my bed since I was the target of this entity. I prayed with the rosary in my hand for at least a month after that. They gave us a rundown of what not to do in certain situations. I'll add that we had named the presence Linda and given it a gender. I don't know if y'all know this, but that is the last thing you want to do in these situations. She also told us to make sure that we do not talk about any experiences we may have while in the room or the house. After this, the strange things started to die down a lot. We never really had any more problems besides little things moving and little noises, but was never as violent as those nights. I've since realized by giving the entity a name and a gender while also talking about it within its presence gives it a lot of power and energy to go off of. I will also add that in the other shorty houses, there are a lot of paranormal things that go on as well. I'm thinking that the houses were built on an old burial ground or something and that the land is haunted rather than the houses. Sorry for the long email and probably a lot of misspelled words. Like I said, I feel like I seem to attract these things so I have a lot more stories that I can tell you in the future. Also, if y'all hadn't had the cheesecakes at Sully's, y'all are really missing out. Girl, have we had the cheesecakes all the fucking time. The strawberry is my favorite but she don't make it all the time. But the Good Mardi Mardi Gras. That king cake. Mm. The strawberry king cake is my favorite, but I think you like just the plain king yeah. cake, cheesecake. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I was thinking the same thing about the sorority houses because those houses are not that old. Right. Like when we went to that school, towards the end of us being at that school, they were being built. So right. let's just say 2008 at the earliest uh-huh. is how old those things are. So for there to be all of that, like it has to be something of where it's built. Yeah. Because I think... That they tore down some of the old married housing, like some of the apartments that they tore some of those down to build that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, because those were old as shit, like my parents lived in those when they, yeah. I mean, they, neither one of them finished college, but they, <laughs> well, I mean, it's like when my parents went to college and the, you know, I don't know, like back then, most people didn't go to college in 1968, you yeah. know? So anyway, they only lived there for like a year and then they quit going to school. Anyway, so those had been there a long time. So maybe something happened in those apartments Yeah, that then, you know, was residual. Also, tell me you're loud without telling me you're loud that someone heard my voice and was like, that sounds like Donna. Yeah, I'm loud everywhere I go, okay? We know. Also, Tippy would be you as a ghost, knocking down shit and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> knocking down shit and stuff. I mean, um, do you remember whenever we <laughs> lived in our freshman dorm and the girl that lived below us? <laughs> what did she say? She asked what we did. She said, are you dropping uh, bowling balls or something? Because <laughs> we uh, bonked our beds. And of course, I had to be on the top. You got longer legs and you're skinnier. Okay. So I had to be on the top. So when I was studying, when I would get done, I would just timber my books. And her books were so fucking heavy. Look. She's not the most thoughtful person. Like that, okay? <laughs> did not that did not even cross my mind because I had never lived, you know. Yeah, did not even cross my mind <laughs> that it would bother her. We were like, oh, <laughs> sorry. 
Also, yes, she would just throw them down on the floor in the middle of the room. I did not call her Tasmanian devil for nothing. Although we were usually going to bed. So it's not like what I got slept down. What You're not going to take them. We had a futon you could have thrown them on. Well, you know what? And they could have been out of the way. Did you die? <laughs> did you trip on them and fall and die? No. I fine. probably did trip on them. And you probably said, Donna, I can't resell that if you ruined the pages. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> Should be expensive when you're taking those science classes. It really is. But at least you could sell back most of your books. All of mine was like. Actual like novels. weird, Yeah, like weird history books that. No one's selling. I mean, no one's buying back. I reap the benefits, though, because I still have a lot of them, and they're on my bookshelf. <laughs> I've never read, but they're on my bookshelf. This girl, okay, here's the thing about Carrie. She's a hoarder. If I, if I didn't make that clear on the last thing where I said that she had fucking Halloween accessories in her drawers. She just wants <laughs> books Things. on her bookshelf. And so I was like, getting rid- she was like, give them to me. Give me all of them. <laughs> okay, on to the next one. This one is called Cul-de-sac Crime. First off, let me say, you two have the best personalities. Love your sense of humor. I'm still listening to your older stuff and haven't caught up yet, but I listen almost constantly. I'll even listen in the car with other people and got them hooked. Anyhow, my story is one for Carrie. In 1994, my parents bought a beautiful house at the end of a cul-de-sac in Ohio. As the years went on and my parents got to know their neighbors, they found out that one of the middle houses had a horrible past. It seems the husband found out his wife had cheated on him, so he decided to end his life in his garage by leaving his car running. That, however, wouldn't be what the street would be known for later on. So fast forward to the year 2012. My mom had told me of the newest person to have moved in on that street, and I knew something bad would eventually happen. This person was rough, scrappy, and always had a bad attitude. I told my mom to just try and stay away from her. Then news hit our small town in December that a murder had taken place on my mom's street. I automatically called my mom to see if she was okay. She said it was that lady that I had warned her about because the police had her house all taped up. Then my mom said that when she went to take her dog for a walk, she thought it was around the time it all happened. She had seen a man who was talking to himself at that house. That worried me because my mom, now widowed and living alone, was talking to the police about a murder case and they still had no clue who had committed it. So let me tell you the details of how this all went down with no names involved because of all that happened. And trigger warning, it involved a child. Picture it. A cold December afternoon, a 12-year-old gets off her school bus and walks into her house only to find her mom laying on the couch, covered in blood dead, and her five-year-old brother in a puddle of blood, (gasps) but still breathing. I use the word brother loosely because the boy's real mother, the murder victim's daughter, is in jail for the murder of her seven-month-old son. (gasps) The 12-year-old runs over to the neighbor's house and calls 911. When the cops arrived, they immediately focused their attention to the five-year-old boy who was severely beaten in the head (gasps) and was bleeding profusely. They life-flighted him to a children's hospital where he underwent brain surgery. The deceased woman's head was so unrecognizable that it was just assumed she had been shot in close range. No sign of a burglary or break-in and no clues to who or why. This went cold for years. Finally, in 2019, they were able to convict someone to this crime. It was easy for the police to track him down because he was currently doing time for workers' comp fraud and theft. Turns out, this piece of shit was over at that house hanging out with the victim and the little boy. Drugs were happening and something set this man off. He grabbed a hammer, beat the victim to death, not to leave a witness, beats the little boy with the hammer as well, steals the drug, and just leaves the boy to die. Jesus. It takes a piece of crap to beat anyone to death with a hammer, but it takes a monster to do that to a child. For years, that man was living in this small town, going about as if nothing had happened, even ended up having a child of his own. Since then, the little boy ended up surviving. He had to undergo multiple surgeries and months of physical therapy. The 12-year-old daughter lived with her father, graduated, and turned out to be an amazing woman. That house, since then, has been a magnet for trashy people. No one ever stays along there, and when they do, they keep it unkempt. Who knows, maybe it's cursed now. 
So that's the story of my mom's street. I hope you enjoyed it. Love you wonderful ladies and creep it real, Julie. Wow. That one street has seen two tragedies. That's awful. Like sad, sad tragedies. Yeah, it's a special kind of like fucked uppery to hurt a child. (laughs) It really is. I'm only laughing because of that word you made up. But children and animals, no go. No fucking go. Really, any like innocent, dependent being. So like a child, an animal, someone with a disability, like an intellectual disability, you know, something of that nature, like fuck uh, you. Yes. And a fucking hammer too. Like, that was a terrible story. Like in the like best true crimey way, but also like fucking horrible. Okay, the next one. Hey, pizzas. Love the show. Let's get into it. I recently listened to episode 34 covering the Stone Lion Inn. It's that creepy bed and breakfast in Guthrie, Oklahoma that does a murder mystery show and used to be a funeral home. I stayed at the Stone Lion in July 2020 with my husband. It was COVID, so while the murder mystery dinner had about 20 people, we were the only guests staying the night. I knew the house was supposed to be haunted, but had never heard any of the stories. After the murder mystery, the host said that they would give us a full tour after breakfast, that all the first and second floors were open for us to explore, but the haunted basement, third floor, and kitchen. Then they peaced out. Apparently, they do not like to be in the house after dark. Literally just walking out with the other dinner guests. My husband and I explored the house, turning off lights as we went. There were a few rooms we didn't want to linger in. I did not have any paranormal experiences other than feelings and cell phones not holding a charge. However, I was a little creeped out and had trouble falling asleep. We brought a box fan so we could not hear any creaking throughout the night. Somewhere between sleep and awake, a tall man dressed in a gray suit with shaggy dark hair think young Albert Einstein, and a handlebar mustache came in and let the cat in the room. I hate cats. Sorry, y'all, but I'm super allergic and prefer an emotionally needy animal that always wants to hang out with me. The cat got on the bed by my legs and went to sleep. I don't think the man said anything, but I knew I could sleep without being scared. When I woke up in the night, I felt the cat and went back to sleep. In the morning, when the room was light again, the man opened the door, gave a come on nod to the cat, and they left. The sound of the door closing woke my husband. The cat was very soft with long black hair and a white face. I felt very comforted by the presence of the cat and am still trying to figure out if this is an elemental that resides on the property or my own spirit guide. My husband was too anxious to stay for breakfast and the tour, so we skipped that and started back home early. Thankfully, I went, but not going back. Y'all know how awesome y'all are. Keep up the good work and stay healthy. B. Extra details for inquiring minds. We traveled during COVID because it was my 39th birthday and only a few hours from home. The murder mystery was awesome. It was set back in the 1940s and my husband was murdered during the dinner, but came back after dessert as his character's twin brother. Classic. The food wasn't very good. It was hot in the summer and we were served jalapeno cheese soup, which was also very hot. The main course was roasted dried chicken on the bone, which is never good. I bought new lingerie and had amazing birthday sex. This was before the dinner and before we knew the hotel might be haunted. Thankfully, no ghost showed up on the video. Yes! <laughs> Get it! Well, they don't say if we can say their name, so we're not, but we see you, B. Yeah. Oh, wait, they did say B. <laughs> I was like, oh, their name starts with a B. Let me just say B. And then yeah. I was like, wait, they did say their name, and I'm a dodo bird. <laughs> yes, get it, B. Oh, my gosh. I remember that uh, that inn, and they are the ones that have that embalming table still there. I believe that's it. Y'all could have had sex up on that, too. Not unless it was in the basement and it was off limits. I think it, well, the, when I was doing this stuff, it was, like, right there. I mean, so you really couldn't have because it was, like, in public, but, you know. Also, so I'm confused. So the cat and the man weren't real? I know. I was going to say, it could, well, no, they weren't okay. because everybody left. Like, the caretakers yeah. left. Okay. It couldn't have been real because she's allergic, so. Right. Well, that's what I was saying. I was like. Wait, also, don't be letting some animal in my room because, yeah, you don't know what it is. Like, uh-uh. But I'm also with you. Cats aren't my favorite because, one, they make me itch. And, uh, two, I'm like you. I want an emotionally needy animal that just 
follows me and loves me because they love me, not because they're an asshole just like me and I have to win them over. <laughs> like, I don't need that much sass. I have to deal with Donna. I don't need it for my fucking animal. <laughs> I can appreciate someone's love for a cat, but I'm definitely a dog person. I love them both, but uh, cats have a lot of fur and that gets me itchy. But so do most dogs, so. It's so funny, too, because Donna used to have, like, seriously five cats. But now she's, like, so allergic to them. She's like, oh, my God, get the hair off of me. Yeah. It really does change because I didn't live with a cat for a while. Mm -hmm. And so then it was like, oh, my God, the fur. But I go down the cat talk on TikTok all the time. Also, I appreciate all of those little tidbits that you added at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donna really loves dry chicken. She does not like it on the bone, but uh-huh. she would have loved it if it was dry. But not on the bone because, uh-uh, no, 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 no. But why does everywhere serve like a roasted chicken like that? It's because it's probably the cheapest. I don't know, but no one ever does it right either. Because we were at that award show, you know, the one that we didn't win. Um, mm-hmm. But ooh, that chicken was not very good. And Tiffany's was undercooked. I don't know what but Carrie ate hers, but me and Tiffany were like, oh, no. But yes, my mom dried out every piece of meat. And so uh, that's what I know as done. Yeah, if you give her meat that's like cooked, but not overcooked, she thinks that she's eating raw meat. Yes. My ex-brother-in-law, he fried a turkey for Thanksgiving one time, and I, like, had a piece of my mouth, and it was so, like, moist. I know people hate that word, but I was like, Mama, I think it's not done. It's not done. And she was like, it is. Just eat it. I was like, okay. And, like, I, that that one piece was it. Last one. Hey, you two beautiful creepsters. I decided I was tired of listening to the same old music at work and went on a hunt to find a podcast. In the search box, I typed paranormal, and there you all were. I've been binging you all nonstop when I'm at work, at home, driving between. You guys are always on. I particularly enjoy the sinister sightings the most, which inspired me to write a few of my experiences down to share with you. There's a lot of people that their favorite is the sinister sightings, like that that's all they listen to. Yeah, and I don't take offense to that. I love these too. No, not at all. I hope this is not too long and boring, but away we go. Around eight years ago, me and my husband moved into his childhood home with his parents. His mother was in a wheelchair permanently and his father's Alzheimer's was progressing. So we made the decision to move in and help them out with day-to-day tasks and just their general well-being. Flash forward to 2016. My husband's mother is rushed to the hospital and passes away unexpectedly. We were devastated. We never imagined that when we took her to the hospital for a stomach ache that she would not be coming home with us. Flash forward one year later to 2017, my husband's father was sent to a rehab facility after breaking his hip in a fall. A week later, he aspirates in his sleep and is put on a vent and passed away from pneumonia a few days later. After so much loss, my husband was crushed, but we picked up the pieces, decided to stay in his childhood home, fix it up, and make it ours. I never noticed anything strange until my niece was born in November of 2017. When she was a baby, I would lay on the couch with her sitting on my stomach and play patty cake and peekaboo. Around six months, she learned to wave. Cutest thing ever. Well, one day we were playing on the couch and she looks toward the bottom of the stairs and starts waving. I automatically turn around and see nothing. Of course, I would see nothing. We were the only ones in the whole house. But the whole time, E.K. is smiling and waving at nothing. One morning, I was up before my husband and he woke up and came into the living room and said, Did you cover me up this morning? I replied, No, why? He says, It was so weird. I thought in my head, I'm cold. And all of a sudden, the cover was pulled up over my shoulder and I was warm. But if you didn't cover me up... I don't know who did. Ever since my in-laws passed away, there just has always been this unspoken presence that we feel around us all the time. It's never harmful, never scary, and we never worry about it changing to evil. We kind of always brush off the weird, unexplainable things that happened as Brenda, my husband's mom, coming to visit us. 
And even though they didn't pass away in our home, it was their homestead and I completely understand them coming back to keep an eye on things. I hope this wasn't too long or boring. Thank you girls for keeping me sane at work and for having an amazing space for all of us creepsters to be ourselves. Keep doing the amazing things you are all doing. Creep it real and don't get scared. Love you girls. Jennifer H. from South Carolina. Yeah, his mama covered him up. Oh my gosh. She said, oh, my baby's cold. I know. As Donnie used to say, he needs some hover. (laughs) I would say, I'm old. I need some hover. We all know I had to go to speech therapy for several things. (laughs) Look, I didn't have my two front teeth and that fucked me up for a little bit you rely like not you specifically but like you rely on your front teeth for a lot of things a lot who knew but also I was very limber back then you know um and I would pull it the cover up with my toes (laughs) because also I was very lazy back then and why would I sit up when I could just lay there and pull it up with my feet I feel like that's not that uncommon oh is it not no it's not you're not that special Donna you might be a Leo but you're not special I'm just kidding (laughs) you special (laughs) I think that's super sweet though that like y'all do feel that presence but like you said it's not threatening it's not anything so I feel like them being like that that's them like thanking you for taking care of their house and for them yeah and taking care of them for sure and that's hard to do so I applaud y'all at moving in and doing that want more 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 stories yes keep them coming send them in to aparanormalchicks at gmail.com or you can send them in from the website just click contact us and there's other stuff on the website like the link to merch or the link to patreon or episode notes so lots of shit for you to check out on the website while you're there but send us in your stories so we can read them on an episode thank you everyone who sent it in this week and remember creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared